What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we are back to analyze the UFC card going down this weekend, headlined by Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green. 11 fights going down from the UFC Apex. We had last week off, first first weekend with no UFC, and I believe 17 weeks. Hope everybody enjoyed the break, but we are back this week, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Doing great. Spooky season is upon us. They gave me a week in between from my heart between Grant, you know, um, uh, Gamera last week and uh, Grant this week. You know, I, could, I, I, I don't know if I could have handled that back-to-back weeks, but thank you, Uncle Dana, Sean Shelby, McMaynard gave me that week off. Um, I used it well. I have a lot of events coming up as well, a lot of, lo- lot of things going on in my world. Um, but we're back for another UFC card this week. We got Bellator as well, which is a little grim. But uh, I'm not too excited about all all the fights. You know, I do like seeing Grant, obviously, in the top billing. But other than that, you know, so-so. We got a few spots that I like. Um, but always great to to be back with the loyal listeners. Um, we're, we're, what uh, episode are we on now, Martian? What, what is it? Is it getting close 92, to 100? 92, maybe. 92. So we should be – maybe we'll line up with UFC – or no, not UFC 300. We won't line up with that, but – you know, in the next, in, are, are we gonna hit that by the end of the year? Is or do they have eight eight events before the end of the year or no? Maybe yeah, not. Who, so. Don't yeah. check. Right around there. Maybe the last. Right around there. Right around December. So maybe we'll do a giveaway for 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 the loyal YouTube commenters specifically. Yeah, but, uh, actually, I have a UFC one fifty uh, poster uh, that we might give away. Um, nice. If anybody, that'll be a good that'll be a good prize. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely eight events before the end of the year. There's probably closer to like twelve. Um, but yeah, off week, like you said, Gamrot and Grant, you bought their stock a long time ago, a long time ago. I doubted that time, time uh, but I, I was wrong at times. I eventually learned. I got on the wagon a little late, but I got on the wagon. Uh, Ozzy has been banging some drums that I've been reluctant at first to to get on the the middleweight being the best division being another one. He often reminds my takes, me my that. takes are not undefeated, but when I when they win, they really win. Right, that's true. That's a that's a good way to put it. Um, but last week was uh, a pretty successful week for me. I think about two unit profit. Uh, obviously Gamrock closed it out real well. Some decent bets. Uh. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was a small. It was only a, a minuscule profit week for me, but um, did, did go with you know live bets and this and that, of course. Uh, a couple guys laid eggs for us, uh, specifically Jake Collier and Ricardo Ramos laid eggs. Dan Ige, I'm happy with my bet on him. I thought he fought well. It was a great, great fight. Uh, you know, how, how do you on the edge of your seat? You know, you were people were locked. Everybody was locked in on that fight. So yeah, you I give mean, me plus one eighty. Yeah, you give me plus 180 on something like that. I mean, it's pretty binary, obviously, like we like uh, a lot of people say with the ground versus the stand-up. But, you know, uh, Bryce did his thing. You took him down right into extremely dominant positions, and you really can't let that happen to you um, within the five-minute round. So, you know, at any point, you know, you really – it just looks so bad that it's just – but and I don't love I, I, I don't love Bryce Mitchell as a fighter, but I I do think that that was a remarkable uh, win. Uh, it was a great comeback. Obviously, he was getting uh, hurt and stung at points in the fight. He turned it all around. And w- t- let's talk about the theater of a Bryce Mitchell fight. I mean, put put this guy in front of all the. Cr- I mean, last week was at, at the Apex, right? I believe so. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. total, total yep. waste of potential. I mean this this guy with the, the fucking Bible. Conference. The Bible. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
asking to pray. I mean, he he must have known that Dan Ige is like a devout Catholic as well. And it would like yes. imagine that. I mean, they, these guys just got into a dogfight and then they're they're praying with one another uh, to the Lord Savior Jesus Christ in the octagon after. I, I mean, it's great stuff. Great stuff. Bryce Mitchell needs to be on either the next Jacksonville card or UFC 300. One of the two. Pick pick, pick one, McMean or, or Sean. Right. I don't know who does it. But uh, let's have him and uh, I don't even know. Uh, they just announced Evloa versus this other guy. Maybe him and Cater. Maybe they could do that one. Or, or him and Ortega. That would be great. That, that um, would be great. That's a great idea. I, I, I was thinking of, it would be a step back at this point, but I'm pretty sure Bryce Mitchell was supposed to fight uh, Jonathan St. Pierce at one point. Pierce. Pierce they said Pierce has a fight coming up, but uh, they haven't announced it. But it's not obviously It's not Bryce, but... Maybe maybe in 2024, but you know, Bryce did his thing. You know, Ricardo Ramos for me was the biggest bed shitter. That was just totally embarrassing. I hate when guys get guillotined. Apparently, Charles Jordan has a world class guillotine. Um, that was that was ass. I hated that. Um, but Tim Means was an awesome underdog. He wrecked Fialo's world. Was very confident in that one. Um, and then you know, on the prop side of things, I like that Argetta. You know, Johns to go the distance, but. I did pass on a few reads that I had that were great plus money. So I'm going to try not to do that going forward, continue to pound, and hopefully we finish this last. Now we're in Q4, right, Martian? Now we are oh, in Q4. Oh, yeah, we in, we in Q4. And um, finish Q4 resounding with a resounding success. I anticipate one, this. One point I want to make before we get in, I was listening to a podcast with some some NFL betters this past week, and mm -hmm. I admired uh, – I'm not going to say who, but I admired okay. for when they went game to game, they got right into it. They talk about their bets, and they can – be done in 30 seconds, 60 seconds at most. And they're not talking about players and this and that and stats. They're just giving their opinion on the betting line. And how did those were, bets win? How did those, how did those bets do? Well, there was a bunch I'm of joking, I'm joking. There was a bunch of different people, but uh, various results. Anyway, um, there were times when I was throughout the Martian MMA podcast history uh, where I would really get into detail and like want to prove how much I like studied and knew these guys. But I'm past that at this point. It, it's it's <laughs> it's get to the bets. Like if you're not betting on the fight, just just get get on with it. If you're if you guys are listening to MMA podcasts where they're talking about fights for two, three, four minutes, and then at the end they go, no bet for me. Um, you know, I, I probably do that here and there, but just talk about the bets, guys. There's 450 UFC fights a year. You're not gonna bet on on a lot of them. Let's just like sometimes you just gotta get it out of the way. Okay, uh, shitty fight, not gonna bet on this one. Get on with it. And I'm gonna work on you know, striving to do that even more. But uh, a good change heard we've it had here on the first. podcast. Yeah, a good change we've had on the podcast lately is starting things from the top. The main event going down. Uh, I like this change. Ozzy won again. Reluctant at first. It was a good suggestion by Ozzy. I like what we're the, doing now. The fuck, um, Mary kill. I'm. I'm. The, I'm. EP. Right. Right. I am the EP. No, I let's not EP. get too far here. Let's not get too far. <laughs> I still have right. the rights. Um, and update my contract. Right. That. Okay. We can do that. We can do that. Um. <laughs> Uh, we're starting things off in the lightweight division in the main event. Grant Dawson's first UFC main event. Bobby Green's second UFC main event. First one didn't go so well for him. And this fight is lined at minus 425 for Grant Dawson. Bobby Green plus 325. Uh, I don't know if it's remiss. I would be remiss if you didn't start this one. Yes. So yes. Go ahead and go ahead and give, give us your thoughts. Perfect. So Grant Dawson, he comes into this fight. I think uh, his record in the UFC now is 8-0-1. So he had that one draw against Rick Glenn. Um, 
And obviously, very strong grappler, great takedowns in the open space, um, has good cage work, and will latch onto the body triangle at a moment's notice. So he's done it consistently um, versus very high level fighters. But I do think that here in a in a fighter against in the in the fight against Bobby Green, um, it is a different kind of test because Bobby Green is su such a you know veteran, has been in there with you know teammates of his like Tiago Moises, um, and you know. All, all up and down the the um, spectrum of different styles of fighters, um, you know, has been you know deep in fights and is known for being high volume. So you know, I do think that potentially early on the movement of Bobby Green maybe uh, makes Grant a little bit more timid or a little slower into going for the takedown. Right, um, uh, some of the things that uh, that you mentioned often, where a guy's first main event. You know, Bobby Green, kind of his first main event because the last one started sh so short notice that um, maybe they're conserving the energy, thinking that they could go into the fourth and fifth rounds. So I, I do, I can see that being the case, you know, but I do think that Bobby is going to respect Grant's wrestling. So I don't really see him being extremely forward and aggressive, uh, uncorking a bunch of shots. Um, because I felt that when he did that against Drew Dober, I do think that he slowed down. Like that pace that he put out there in that first round, um, I believe it was, was, uh, was too high. And it, it caused him to end up being on the back foot and eventually get uh, caught with a big punch. So we saw, we've seen his chin crack there. And then we've seen his ground game get uh, exploited versus Islam. So I do think that Grant has every opportunity and every skill needed to win this fight. Um, I just think that he needs to be a little bit more when he gets his good positions, similar to how he did against Ismagulov, be more decisive and be more aggressive with whether it be laying down ground and pound or uh, going for the submission, either or. But I, I, I really don't want to see him getting this body triangle, holding these positions for long durations of rounds. And then, you know, we got to get up in the, you know, in the third round. We got to get up in the fourth round and we got to do it again. Um, because every time, you know, with a guy, a guy as cerebral and as uh, as experienced as Bobby Green, you know, he's going to start seeing the tells. He's going to start seeing, okay, you're looking to only get this takedown or, you know, you, you're going to the back on this, whatever it is. So it's gonna, going to get more difficult, in my opinion, I think. But Grand Dawson is the alpha. He is the omega. And uh, I think he's still going to win this fight. Um, for, for me, in, in terms of the betting line, I can't, I'm not really going to bet his money line, I feel, here. I, I've won literally every UFC fight except the Julian Arosa fight because that fight was like his contender fight as well. I've won on the guy. Um, so I, I think I'm good to, to be off of it here, maybe come in on a live bet opportunity here, maybe after a first round, maybe some Bobby Green fans feel maybe good after he doesn't get taken down in the first round or whatever. If he has some success, anti-success, whatever it is, Maybe we could pounce on a little bit of a live line, even though I am saying that I don't want to see him in a long, uh, uh, drawn-out fight. But the pick for me is Grand Dawson still. I do think maybe potentially this fight goes a little bit later than uh, maybe some people expect. But Grand Dawson is good enough that he can flip everything you know, on his head like that with a submission or a, a good grappling sequence. So I'll probably stay off this fight, back out of it, and uh, just uh, root for uh, for Dawson to get the win. Yeah, it's a shame the market has finally, you know, uh, realized how good Grant Dawson is. We, we got him as an underdog versus his Magulov, now, you know, over 80% versus Bobby Green. So, money line wise, I think it, it's pass on both sides because 
I think the fight's going to go poorly for Bobby early on. I just don't see Bobby stopping these takedowns in in the small cage. I mean, Bobby has had so many fights against grapplers. And, you know, you can generally say that he has good defensive wrestling. But he has just had too many close moments against guys like Clay Guida, Alan Patrick, Thiago Moises. Those fights weren't that long ago. And he got taken down. He got put against the cage. He spent a lot of time defending takedowns in those fights. And I think if he's in a position where his back is to the cage and he's defending takedowns, I just don't see him stopping the takedowns of Grant Dawson. Now, I am going to go uh, agree with some of the stuff that Ozzy said about the fight going long. Uh, I do kind of subscribe to my method about the, the fight going long. Grant Dawson's first main event. Uh, it shocked me how quickly Islam Mahachev, you know, just finished that fight, right? He got in a dominant position. He let his hands go. Boom, it was over. I don't see that same thing happening here. I think that Grant probably will get some dominant positions early, but it just seems like he's very um, conservative with his energy and he look, looks to hold on and to backpack you. And I think that that's what he'll probably do here early on. He'll get off to an early lead. And I could see it getting risky in the third and fourth and fifth round, but I still think that Grant will uh, will win the fight. Um, and I think the fight going long is the way to play it. I'm looking at starts round three at minus 175 here. I think that's that that's pretty good, man. I I do because I I don't see Bobby. What was it? Plus run. plus what? What do you say? What no, no, place? minus 175 for starts. Minus 175. Then minus 105 for, for starts four. I think uh, I might ladder this one of starts three, four, five decision. Because I think Green is tough enough to survive. I think that his he's positionally aware enough not to get, you know, rear naked choked. And I do think that Bobby may be, you know, slightly on the, the decline a little bit. But I still think he's got enough left in the tank uh, that he's not going to just get flat out, you know, destroyed on the mat here like he did versus Islam. Uh, so I'm looking to play the fight going long, start three, four, five in decision. And I do imagine Grant, uh, wins the fight, uh, via dominant decision, maybe drops one of the last rounds. Uh, but you know, don't see, don't see Bobby winning the fight. So next fight, uh, is the fight with a very similar odds here, but I think this one is a lot more competitive than, than the main event, the co-main event, Joe Pfeiffer taking on Abdul Razak Al Hassan in the premier division of the UFC, the middleweight division minus four fifty for Joe Pfeiffer, Al Hassan plus three fifty. So Pfeiffer has definitely looked improved lately. And I think he probably has not shown his full potential as a fighter so far, but in the fights that we've seen of him, I think he's kind of like a, a mid to low volume striker, right? Where he's looking to find that big right hand. Uh, he has wrestling capabilities, but it doesn't seem like he wants to use them. It seems like his his main game is boxing. And he definitely, you know, falls in love with the knockout a little bit. He definitely isn't a guy who's going to land 30, 40 strikes around and break you down. He's that guy who's, who's very patient and looking for that one big right hand that's going to put you out. But I think that Razak kind of has a similar style where He's not a, a high volume striker. He's, uh, you know, a power hitter and also similar. He has that judo background, can take fights to the floor, but it's definitely not his his plan A. So I think while the fights on the feet, they're both going to be mirroring each other a little bit. It's going to be low volume. They're both going to be looking to land that big shot. Either guy could do it. Obviously, Piper more likely he's, he's significantly younger. I think, what, 12 years younger or something. Abdul, uh, sneakily 38 years old. You wouldn't know that because he doesn't fight too often. Uh, but the guy's old as shit. So <laughs> And uh, so 11 year age difference for Piper and what should be a striking fight. So he should be much quicker. And 
But, you know, guys, there's so much still unknown about play for that. I think that putting him at OD, over 80% versus, you know, a capable power puncher here is is kind of crazy. I mean, not to do the whole compare lines game, but we're we're less than a year removed from uh, or a year removed from Alan Amadovsky being the same line. And Amadovsky is one of the worst fighters to ever fight in the UFC. And now Razak, who's not not good, but he's he's decent, I would say. Uh, I think he's getting disrespected at plus three fifty here. So I think Razak is definitely worth a small bet on his money line here. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll, before I pass it over to you, if this fight gets into the second and third round, Ozzy, who do you imagine will have the advantage if it goes there? Joe Pfeiffer, dude. Joe Pfeiffer. Well, don't forget that Abdul Razak Al Hassan took round three off of. Buckley not that long ago he for right. the first time was, in his career he he actually won a round three do so. you realize Martian that Buck um Al Razak Al Hassan has literally never won a fight outside of round one uh no that's that's actually a lie or last fight Claudio Ribeiro oh, knocked out round oh, right. two. It was 28 seconds into the second knocked round. Out round two but, but, it, it, but it is worth noting that it that two of those decisions he lost were split decisions so they they were toss-ups Listen, for sure. Now, the thing is, you know, uh, Buckley is 170 pounder. So, you know, and I feel like some of the grappling defense for Buckley at certain points, like, I, I just feel like that was a, a weird fight. Like, I don't I don't know what was going on in that fight. I felt like Buckley should have easily been able to beat him. And uh, he just made it closer. And obviously, they, they you know, um, you know, we're back and forth a little bit there. Now, what I just like here is, honestly, I do think that this fight could go into the second round. So, you know, starts round two, they're making it plus money on uh, FanDuel. It looks like it got hit maybe once or twice. But, you know, I'm obviously not playing the money line here. Um, but I kind of like Pfeiffer by submission, potentially, because I would think that maybe uh, Al-Hassan... Uh, feels some of the power, maybe looks to use some of his judo, some of his the takedowns that he d- used on Buckley. And Joe Pfeiffer does have a submission game. He has a legit submission game. So you're giving mm. me close to six to one. He has a submission game, dude. You're giving six to one, five fifty. I think that's not that bad. Um, because we can see club and sub as well. Because um, Al Razak himself, he hasn't really been knocked out. He's only been knocked out. What? Uh, he got knocked out by uh by chaos right away in round one. So you could definitely see. A time where he gets stunned, he goes in for shooting the takedown, going for uh, a clinch or something like that, and and, and he runs into a pipe for a guillotine or or a, or a choke or a, a rear naked. Who knows? Who knows what happens? But I kind of like that. Uh, you you I don't, don't think agree. He has not, a, I don't think he has a submission game. He almost submitted uh, uh, GM three. He, he, res- he wrestled. He wrestled in high school. I mean, in the and when I'm saying that, guys, I mean in the, they had a Fury grappling match. So he right, almost right. Him. I mean, I think I just he's definitely just like an, an athletic uh, wrestler who you know transitioned that into learning a little bit of jujitsu. We, we we should we should add the caveat that you've seen Joe Pfeiffer up close and personal, correct? Sure, you've seen his ground game up up close. Yeah, he's a, he's a so, nice guy. I've I've had conversations with him. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, but you, you're not as high on his submission threats. So no, I but never I'm, I never trained with him. Okay. But uh, I, yeah, I know you. Mean. But uh, either way, I think that's the only angle that I potentially like of the fight. Maybe uh, it going into the second round. But if I'm playing a little bit of a long shot prop, it would be so you're for not team. interested in Razak money line at all. Not really. He's a little, he's short, stubby. Do, do you think that that 
play for his like popularity and being like the the Dana White privilege is, is playing a factor into him being over eighty percent here. I mean, but people people faded Alrazak against fucking Claudio Ribeiro, dude. Do you remember that? Not me. Not you. Not me either. But there was people on the other side. I mean, I guess I, I tweeted. I, I tweeted. I am excited to bet on Abdul Razak Al Hassan this week, and he he fucked him up. Not only won the go. first round, knocked him out in the second. There you go. So I was not excited to bet this fight. So that's where I came out on it. Maybe it's going up, dude. I mean, three fifty. I mean, yeah, it's getting interesting. It's a big line, for no doubt about it. But if the, if the script is Joe Pfeiffer wins, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. All right, enough about that one. Moving on to the welterweight division. Uh, Alex Morono taking on Joaquin Buckley here. Odds for this one have Buckley minus 175, Morono plus 150. Back to you to start this one off in the welterweight division. This is a fight that I do have a way drawn and I am excited about. I do like both of these guys. Um... Alex Morono, you know, he's been okay to me, but when he lost to Santiago after being up 2-0, that one really hurt because I was kind of big on him in that fight. Um, but he's a this guy's a vet. You know, he's almost has uh, 20 fights in the UFC. Um, I'm not going to say he's extremely well-rounded because he's really not. Um, a lot of his fights, they kind of like un, you know, uh, unwind in like a weird way where you would think that the other guy has maybe like a grappling or a wrestling advantage, but they never try to wrestle him, and then he's at at the end of, you know, at range, you know, just kind of uh, boxing with people. Because if you look at uh, Morono, in his last three fights, I think, he's not thrown one leg kick. And I think if you go back, like, five or six fights, it might be, like, one or two leg kicks. So he's not really a kicker. Uh, Buckley's definitely going to have the kick advantage. Buckley's going to have the speed advantage. Buckley's going to have the blackness advantage. Buckley's going to have the... Uh, the um, Car- not, probably the cardio advantage as well. Card, you know, I, I, I'm actually high on Buckley, very, very much so. Um, in regards to, I don't really think a lot of people want to fight this guy, um, especially at this 170 pound division. But <laughs> punch kick wise, um, you know, stand up wise, I just like Buckley how he moves in the pocket. He's pretty elusive overall. And Morono, his strikes that he throws is just really like a jab. You know, a lot of times when he's missing with his jab, he's kind of like trying to, uh, you know, throw like hooks and punches like with his feet going all over the place as he's trying to like move away because he missed and he's uh, anticipating a counter. And I just feel it's bad news with Buckley. This guy's always on his toes. I'm talking about Morono. And I feel that it's going to be easy for Buckley to either blitz him and go for takedowns or land big shots while they're in the pocket. Buckley actually keeps his hands super high. He moves uh, his torso pretty well um, as he's evading these punches. And like I said with Morono, his repertoire is not that huge in, in terms of things that he uses, uh, in terms of his punches and stuff like that. And some of the guys that he's fought, like, you know, like Matt Semmelsberger, um, what's it called, Tim Means. Like, Tim Means is low-key winning that fight. That's why I was high on Tim Means in, in, in this past weekend, because Tim Means is winning. And he just kind of got caught in that in that guillotine. But I don't really think that's going to happen from, from Joaquim. Joaquim is actually pretty good at when he's shooting for takedowns, keeping good control, right, going up to underhooks if uh, if the guy does, uh, you know, do a get-up. And Morono doesn't really have an offensive submission game from on bottom, albeit he did finish his last fight by submission. So I really like Joaquin Buckley in this spot. You know, at minus 150, I put down a a, 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 a wager on him. Um, I think it's minus 170 now. I think that's a totally fine price as well. Um, so I'm pretty confident in him. His decision line is maybe a little bit interesting here. But I just think that his chin should hold up against Alex Morono. 
Morono is good with it. You know, if he could land his jab and follow with the right hand, he's going to be in this fight. But I think that's going to be very difficult for him, you know, on the outside. And I think that Joaquin has a ton of advantages here. So I really like him this weekend. And I like uh, I like basically all bets on him other than the inside the distance. There's no reason to do that. Or the KO line, I mean. Um, so I like him money line and or by decision. Yeah, I'm going to go with the strategy I've done on Buckley before. And it's been maybe marginally profitable at best. Uh, but that's playing the fight to go long because I know this guy has a lot of knockouts. He has specifically four knockouts in the second round in the UFC alone. Uh, but I think his fighting style is actually a little different than just like a, a total knockout artist. If you watch his fights, he circles a lot. He does a lot mm-hmm. of, of lateral movement. He darts in and out of the pocket. And I think that, you know, he definitely catches guys and hurts them. But I don't think that he's, you know, the type of guy who just sits down in the pocket and throw, throws bombs at guys <laughs> until they fall. He He's pretty strategic with his in-and-out movement. And I think that Morono is a bit similar as well. He, he doesn't like to engage in the pocket. He likes to, to skirt around the outside and throw distance strikes. And I think that's what we're going to see from both guys is both guys are going to be using movement. They're going to be coming in and out of the pocket, exchanging strikes. And I think that... I'm going to fight, play the fight to go along uh, because I, I like the prices on it, especially Buckley decision plus 550 on that on, on DraftKings right now. I really like that. I'll add some goes to distance as well. And I think I'll throw in some starts uh, round three as well at plus money. Uh, even though our boy Buckley's got a several round two knockouts, honestly, the, the the price on starts round two minus two twenty five. I mean, guys, Buckley last fight landed ten strikes versus Andre Fialo in the first round. Like he, he was he very take, patient in that fight. He was very he takes patient. A, yeah, I mean, generally that's what he does. And the Curtis fight wasn't a super high tempo. Like he, I mean, he, he was throwing a lot of strikes at Curtis. He was, but he was. but this is yeah, the thing: never. Buckley has a huge range of how he can fight. And I think that's against a guy like Alex Morono, that's exactly what you want. Because he can do come out and, like you said, in that Curtis fight, he was kind of throwing a little bit too much, I would say. That's why he got caught with the counter. But against Andre Fialo, he was like, all right, like, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to wait. But every time he threw, you knew he was throwing. And Andre Fialo was kind of intimidated, I feel. So, yeah, go ahead. You can finish. And, you know, Morono... I think he generally is a better fighter than the market gives him credit for. But the fact that he managed to botch that Ponzinibbio fight, man, it, 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 this guy, I wouldn't want to be betting on this guy anytime soon. I mean, he he rocked Ponzinibbio in every round. And then he still managed to get knocked out in the third round there. And with Ponzinibbio has been looking pretty dreadful the past two or three years. So the fact that he managed to lose that fight uh, was pretty bad. And, and I just can't trust him. Um you know, both guys get hit. Both guys have been wobbled and dropped and knocked out before, but I still like the fight to go long. Um, another bad thing for the fight going long is I, I really don't see any either guy grappling here. It's pretty unlikely that the guys grapple. I guess Buckley Buckley, Buckley will shoot. Down. Buckley will shoot a takedown here at least one. You think that would be good? Yeah. It would it would kill some clock because I don't see uh, Buckley providing like a finish threat on the ground. Buckley, so Buckley was working his jujitsu with B team in Austin a little bit. I think I think he. He he will he will mix this fight up with punches, kicks, clinch, takedown. It could end up being a close fight, so I'm not gonna go pot committed on the money line. That's why I want some of that decision exposure, and I think I maybe want to over or goes the distance as well. But I feel pretty strong about that position as a whole getting us uh, in the green. Nice, me too. Uh, starts three. Uh, 
GTD and Buck decision for me on this one. Um, that's going to move us along to another fight with um, a big favorite here in Drew Dober taking on Rick Glenn. We have Drew Dober minus 425, Rick Glenn plus 325. So three of the top four fights here, all in the minus 400 range. That's never too fun. But another fight where I think the favorite is probably getting overvalued here. We know Drew Dober. Uh, you know, amazing, amazingly entertaining fighter throughout his entire career. But we're, I think we're starting to see him slow down a little bit. I mean, the guy had been known for being notoriously durable, finally got knocked out in his last fight. It says he's been knocked out before that, too, but I don't think that was in the UFC. I think that was like 10, 15 years ago or something. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's had 20 fights in the UFC and just got knocked out for the first time. And just that shot that Frivola hit him with. I mean, he just doesn't look as quick in these these exchanges lately. I think he, his speed is dropping and obviously the chin as well. So not like Rick Glenn provides a big um, speed or power threat himself. But I just think that it's kind of clear that the Drew is starting to slow down a little bit after you know all these crazy fights and wars that he's been in so that alone makes him at, at minus 400 you know not stick out as a good bet to me rick glenn on the other hand uh might also be you know banging that same drum with looking a little bit old uh but he was knocked out for the first time in his his last fight first time in 30 mma fights where he got knocked out you know i lost on that one significantly uh played glenn and glenn no scorecards there but he just got caught with the punch early on here you know maybe his chin is done and maybe drew makes easy work of him but for rick glenn a guy with 30 mma fights being knocked out one time they have drew dober knockout at minus 185 they think it's 65% likely that that drew dober knocks him out here i think that line is is terrible so i got to find some way to to play opposite of that whether uh, i might I may just look i think DraftKings has uh not itd lines like you can probably get like drew dober not to win itd at like plus 150 or something so i'm hoping for maybe glenn to make it competitive and to, to somehow stress to a decision or somehow but the only way i could see playing the fight is is fading that that ko line on dober because i just think that line is is no good so well, what are you thinking yeah, man, uh, you know, a bit intriguing here. We got two Southpaws, veterans, uh, guys that, you know, have over 30 fights here. Um, you know, Rick Glenn, it was surprising to me that he got knocked when he got knocked out in his last fight. Um, I do think that that is kind of like seeping into this, into the market here, because I think we're about six months from that knockout, more or less, or four months, I'm not sure. And people kind of feel that, hey, you know, uh, Dobert just th throws bombs. He's gonna be able to knock this guy out. I mean, if you look at Dobert's last uh, four fights, they've all finished inside the distance. Um, if you look at his last uh, bunch of fights that went um, that were in the apex, they all finish right. So the the Alex Hernandez fight uh, finish, you know, and then the McKinney, uh, Bobby Green, and uh, those fights. So he he definitely uh, puts a foot on the gas. Um, but I feel that Rick is Rick's kind of like that um, unassuming kind of like a, a fighter character like he's maybe a little longer than you think when you fight in there with him he's he's obviously tall um not that that's been a a big issue for drew in the past but i just feel that there is a been there is a a, a big uh like not likelihood but there's a very much of a possibility that this fight un unwinds in a way where you know rick glenn is very competitive in it um now i don't really think i want to invest in it but i do think this could be a potentially good live bet fight because both guys have good cardio i, I would say 
And I just feel that both of them historically have been pretty durable, um, even with um, each of them getting knocked out in their last fight. So you're giving me, I mean, seven to one on Rick Glenn to win by, you know, inside the distance. I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I look at this fight, all the betting lines don't make that much sense to me. Um, so maybe that means I should pass, but it probably means I should pounce. So we'll see. I'll, I'll go into this uh, week a little bit more. Like his Riglund's three and a half point spread is plus two hundred five. That's pretty crazy to me because I really don't think that is necessarily a fact, a given that Dober's gonna be clubbing him and knocking him out because Riglund is is tough. Um, so I, I'm gonna inspect the fight a little bit more. I probably will will, will end up on some kind of prop here, maybe a over one and a half. I mean, if two and a half is plus one ninety. Over one and a half, I don't, I don't, I don't see any books with that. But over one and a half, or, or starts round two, should be uh, at least a, a decent bet. What, what starts round two? Uh, it is. It's probably got to be even money, right? No, oh, I'm not even. Minus, I'm not even minus, seeing it. It says minus one sixty five here. That's not that bad, honestly. But over one and a half is probably kind of like a, a even, even money or so if they do price it. So maybe some of that because, uh, yeah, but. Those are my uh, initial thoughts in that fight. Right. All right. That's going to move us along to the last fight on the main card. The first fight on mm-hmm. the main card, uh, actually. In the featherweight division, we got Bill Algio taking on Alex Hernandez. Odds for this one have Algio as the favorite. Minus 145. Hernandez plus 125. Your turn to start this one off. Another week. Another Bill Algio fight uh, fight week. Um. So we got the 69 GOAT. The uh the, the king of uh, of what is it Persia, the king of Persia, Persia. whatever it is CFFC's very own Pennsylvania's finest Bill Algio, Mister Perfecto, and uh, I like this matchup. I think this is a fun fight here. Um, you know I was kind of skeptical Alex Hernandez coming back uh, again to the one forty five weight class, especially I think his last fight is against Miller, right? He didn't fight. He hasn't yeah, fought since one fifty five. Yeah, he. I don't. I don't think he has been. Uh, uh scheduled either so i was kind of thinking that uh maybe he just that ass whooping he took against billy q was bad so i I felt like maybe this guy just gonna hang it up not hang hang up like uh going back down there and i'll be honest i I was high on alex hernandez when he first came in into ufc he beat millionaire alex or um oam pretty easily he gave um you know he knocked out benny derouche he you know gave a few good accounts of himself but since then it's been underperformance after underperformance. You know, he's only really been able to beat <clears throat> guys like uh, Gritzmacher and, and Breeden. You know, the other fights are, I will say, high-level fights, right? Like, or, or higher-tier fights. Um, but he's been finished in all of them, and, and or except the Moises fight. But he just kind of soft-cocked and, and totally wilted in that fight. But here against Bill, it's going to probably go like most of his fights go. Now, the thing with Bill is he's a little bit longer, I feel. He's got more of a, that Muay Thai um fight style right he's throwing teeth he's throwing a lot of uh, chopping leg kicks he's working behind the jab not sim- that similar to, to billy q who is more of a like a, a glove sniffer in, in a good way like he's keeping his hands up he's trying to look come inside and kind of you know uncork uh, uh punches so in the clinch i feel bill should have a, a decent advantage as the fight wears on he he does have a you know sometimes uh, some good takedowns from the clinch and uh striking from there right he's got good knees that come up the middle but I do think this should be a close fight. I do think this is going to be a potentially a very good live betting fight because I feel that Hernandez, he has to change his fight style somewhat. You know, um, he, he, he hit Billy Q a lot, but I don't think he's going to be hitting Bill as much as he was hitting Billy Q. 
And then if he tries to grapple, I don't know if that's really good for his gas tank. So this is a fight where I lean Bill. I'm a little biased. I know Bill, you know, I'm friendly with him. I lean Bill to win this fight. But I really, I kind of don't want to lay the 40 cents, the, you know, 45 cents on him here. And I really don't want to take too much of a finish prop either because, he, you know, hands-wise, he's, he's not really a big hitter um, overall. So I actually do think this fight could maybe go the distance. Um, but I kind of like this fight just more as a live angle. Like, I hope, I mean, I feel like everybody is aware, but I say that, and Billy Q after round one last time, I'll be, he got beat up. Was like plus one eighty, and I, I was just bigger. I bet him jamming. plus two sixty five. That might have been at, dirt, like towards the end of round one. I remember at the after round one finish, I saw like one eighty, one eighty five, and I was jamming. I was jamming. I was jamming. Or <laughs> maybe that was my average. I don't know, but it won easily, dude. Um, so it's a tricky fight, though. I feel like I feel like the fight could go both ways. I do feel Alex could potentially hurt Bill, maybe with a, with a shot early because Bill's a little bit of a slow starter. But Bill's a dog, man. This guy is hard to submit. He's hard to knock out. He's hard to hurt. You know, he broke it. I think he would have beat Andre Feely honestly if he didn't break his arm. So I just think overall, Bill's a really good fighter. I I do think people will probably see this the line and and say that they think that Alex is better or they they think it's disrespectful. But I don't really see it that way. I, I think it's gonna be very hard for Alex to knock out Bill. And uh, from there, I think that Bill just starts chopping away. He knows the game plan. He knows what to do uh, with a fight like this. But I think it's an intriguing fight, you know, and I'm, I love that it's the main card opener. Yeah, um, full disclosure, don't have like a, an official bet on this one. The ones that interest me in the pre-fight window are, are Bill no scorecards minus 115 just because he's so fucking tough and durable and, and hard to finish that I just don't see Bill getting finished here. Uh, you know, he can just take a punch. You know, he ate, you know, big punches from TJ Brown. He ate head kicks from Andre Feely. Uh, the guy can just take take a beating and keep on ticking. So I don't see Hernandez finishing him here. And also, uh, you know, Hern I'm going to talk about, I'm going to do what I, what I talked about in the fight, uh, in the beginning, where I'm going to talk about the fight, even though I don't have a bet on it. But I, I do agree with Ozzy uh, that the live bet angle is obviously the best on Bill here. I mean, Bill is kind of a notorious slow starter in the first round here. But round two is this guy's the fucking king of round two. He's fought, I did a little digging this week, right? He's fought seven times in the UFC. Um, all seven fights have gone into the second round. Uh, Five of those rounds, we know the scorecards. He won 13 out of 15 rounds on the judges' scorecards in round two. And the two fights that didn't, he finished both those guys in round two, Herbert Burns and TJ Brown. So uh, he's really only lost round two one time, and that's to Ricardo Hamos, uh, which we're not going to talk about, but that that's not aging well. Anyway, uh, so... It, it, that's just like his mo. You know, he fights with his hands down. It's not a really a good style uh, for for early on because he doesn't have the timing, the speed of a fight when his opponent is still at their freshest and quickest. They're going to be landing on Bill. So if Hernandez comes out here aggressively, uh, you know, throwing hands like he did versus Billy Q, I think he's going to land on Bill and he's probably uh, going to land you know some significant punches. I just don't think he's going to put Bill away. Now getting over to, to Hernandez, I, you know. Like Ozzy was saying, he's got to change up his style. You don't know what to make of him. This guy has two modes where he either just goes ham in round one and looks for the round one knockout, or he fights like a pussy like he did against Moises and Trinaldo. And even Jim Miller was a much more measured approach. Uh, so Even Drew think, Dober. He was running away from Drew Dober after. No, you know, no. He was blitzing him. Well, Yeah, he was, but he started well, running away after. 
But then yeah. Jordan and Lee let him. He finished him. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, Moise says he was fighting too. Then he just totally shelled. Yeah, and and you also alluded to this the takedowns. You know, I think if he wrestles Bill, I think it's an amazing thing for Bill. I mean, if you guys if you see Hernandez wrestling in this fight, I honestly would be even more inclined to bet Bill live because Hernandez isn't gonna do shit to Bill on top. He he might keep him down for a little bit, but there's no way that he's submitting Bill. There's I don't see him landing much ground and pound. I don't even see him controlling Bill for, for very long. And the takedowns just zap Hernandez's gas tank. So. I think if, if Hernandez is wrestling here, it's bad for him. I think if Hernandez gets out to a big round one early lead, it's bad for him. The only way I see Hernandez winning this fight is fighting in the ways where I called him a pussy, where he's uh, very patient and he he's conserving gas. Because, guys, this is at 145. He's fought at 145 one time before. He had a great round one. He beat up Billy Q. He was death gassed in the second round. So, you know, I don't think the guy's a complete moron. I think he's going to be able to to – you know, compartmentalize this and think, okay, my last time I went ham, I gassed out. This time I got to be more patient. I just fought Jim Miller. I was really patient. I won 30-27. So I do think we're going to see a more measured approach from Hernandez here. And I that really makes me me question how this fight's going to go. I don't know how Bill is going to react if, if Hernandez is patient. So me before the fight, the one, the bet I like the best is Bill, no scorecards. But I'm really going to be looking at the tempo of the fight to, to figure out my live bet here. So remember if Hernandez is going ham or wrestling in round one, look to slam bill live. If it's a tentative mid volume striking fight, I don't know who's going to win. And I think it could be, you know, a split decision for either guy here. So let's hope Hernandez comes out hot. Let's hope he gets off to an early lead. He's beating up bill in round one. Everyone thinks he's winning. He's minus two fifty three hundred in the live lines. And then we can pounce on the king of round two, bill Algio once again. The bill round two, round three props are disgusting. I, I, the round three prop is, is it makes me. What so is that? Angry. Plus eight hundred. Yeah, eight hundred. Yeah, it makes me angry. That is, yeah, that's that is not good. The no scorecards uh, though is a good bet. I like that one. Right. Because I don't know, bro. Uh, Bill, uh, the same thing with Hernandez's energy. Like he, he just fought. He just used all that energy versus Billy Q, and he didn't finish him. So he's probably going to be thinking to himself, "Hey, it makes sense. If I get yeah. a guy hurt, I'm not going to go crazy." So I'm. A, it makes I'm a sense. Pilot. It makes sense. And, and, and if you think about it, if you lay the juice, the chalk on Bill, and Hernandez wins the decision, you just feel so dumb. You're like, "Fuck!" Like you're just like, "Ah!" Like that just hurts. It's like an arrow. It's like, "Ah!" Like that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, um, but with the no scorecards, you get a refund, obviously. I I do think if the fight goes the distance, it somehow actually does favor Hernandez. Even though I, I there's no proof that he has good gas tank at 145, I think if it somehow goes the distance, it, he, I would put him as the favorite to win the decision. Uh, so yeah, has Bill won a decision in the? Yeah, yeah he beat well, he beat Carlisle. He beat Brito. Right? He beat Brito. By oh, that's right, that's right. Those are both pretty clear. Um, so. Anyway, but even when he wins decisions, he gets dominant positions. He gets back takes. He he puts it on guys. So Bill's a man, dude. Bill's a fucking man. It, it does. He, so hopefully uh, he just crushes freaking Allison Anders in the first round, dude. Hmm, I don't see that happening. <laughs> That's what I'm but hoping for. I, I was a little surprised to see Bill the favorite here, but then it also is a guy with proven really good cardio at 145 versus a guy with proven bad cardio in his one year. Bill's, so. Bill's got another baby on the way. Is that true? I don't even think I knew that. Um, anyway, we're into the prelims now. Uh, we'll probably spend some t- less time on these fights. First one, light heavyweight division, Felipe Lins 
uh, Eon Kudalaba. Odds for this one, minus 150 Kudalaba. Linz, plus 130. I mean, Linz, uh, I mean, Kudalaba's probably going to take him down early. He, he, he comes out like a bat out of hell in every fight. He either fucks you up in round one and finishes you, or he gasses out. It, it's a proven, proven trend. And, you know, I got to kind of lean with the, the Linz side at the current price. But also, I think you could just wait for live bets, man. I mean, obviously, Kudalaba fights have a pretty steep, uh, you know, flip when, when he starts gassing out. He quits pretty quickly. But, I mean, I think uh, I think Linz will probably struggle early on with just the pure aggression of Kudalaba. We also haven't seen Linz fight many wrestlers. I mean, his past several fights have been all, all strikers, all low-volume, mid-level strikers. You know, Bosser, Arlovsky, Prochnio. OSP Christian, none of those guys really wrestle. So we don't know how he's going to do. He's 38. He hasn't fought a wrestler in a really long time. I think wait, wait on the live bet. See how he's doing. Uh, if, if, if Kudalaba is getting his takedowns, but he's not accomplishing much with them, he's going to fucking gas out. So uh, Lynn's live for me here. Maybe Lynn's two, three. Uh, but that's kind of just the way to play all Kudalaba fights. So it's kind of a pretty basic approach I'm taking to this one. But uh, what are you thinking here? Right on. Yeah, so I, I like Philippe or Phil Linz here. Shout out Phil Linz. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at Kudalaba's resume, right, obviously he fought a lot of killers. He fought a lot of the top of the division. But he's also, like, just done dumb stuff. Like, get yeah, rear naked choked by Johnny Walker or run into, you know, a guillotine against Ryan Spann. And that's the only way Ryan Spann could be him. And if you look at his overall fight career, he's only won a fight outside of round one three times in his life. All right, obviously, Devin Clark, he wrestled him. He was elbowing him, stuff like that. But with Phil, you know, obviously, I think that the over-under is lying here at one and a half. And I think what side is the juice side? Under is 130 or something like that. Right, Martians? Can you check that for me as I go? Um, but if Linz is – I'm just walking around pacing. Oh, if Linz is – if Kulaba uh, is winning this fight, it's going to be early, right? Like, I just feel that Linz, sometimes he is – if you look at both – I'm not a big stat guy. But if you look at uh, Philippe Linz's uh, stats, he's not great defensively. And when you, you see it when, when he's fighting because he's a little open when he starts looking to uncork shots. So I can see either guy dropping each other early on. Um, but I do think that Philippe Linz has a big uh, advantage with the hands. I think he's got a cardio advantage. And that in terms of grappling, I do think that Philippe Linz is pretty well trained in terms of jujitsu, get-ups, underhooks. You know, being able to 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 give Kudalaba a hard time, keep uh, keeping him down, because uh, Kudalaba is good and aggressive with the takedowns, but uh, grappling wise, like jujitsu wise, is not the best. Like he's not very technical. He's just really looking to steamroll you. Um, and if he, you know, he's kind of like he's a kind of square, you know, square peg round hole guy. Like for example, against uh, Dustin Jacoby, we had Dustin Jacoby against the fence, right? He's just hitting him, punching him, punching him, punching him, punching him. It's like, dude, you know, maybe you put in a hook. Maybe you try to put him on all the way on his back. Maybe you look to, you know, really get on top of him. Um, but he doesn't really have that a big bag of tricks is I think what I'm mostly getting at. While Linz, he kind of calf kicks sometimes. He's got a good jab. He's got a long reach for the division. Um, he looks like he's potentially, uh, you know, on a different diet. Um, and, and, uh, and he's a jiu-jitsu black belt and he's a former heavyweight. So I, I think there's a lot of advantages on the Lin side, but the line has steamed over to the Kudalaba side. So I think maybe the under could have some value here because I do think these boys are looking to get busy, but I just don't trust Ian Kudalaba. So I like, I, I like Lin's, um, anything better than plus 110, honestly, like, uh, 
So so I think now you can get plus one thirty. I got a small bet in on. I got like a one unit on uh like one twenty one twenty five. But I added at one thirty five. So um I think this is a good bet. You know I could lose early, similar to the uh to the Ramos fight, or you know we could dominate and and, and win pretty clean. But we're getting that plus money side. I definitely think you know that that that's the uh, that's where we want to be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I could be naive trying to wait for live here, but you know, Kulabe is kind of a guy proven how to have good one. Been, how, like, how good of a line could they are they going to really give? You? No, like, they honestly. they they give them. They, it could go up big time. But um, I mean, Kulabe is kind of proven to have one round of gas, and he's sixty percent to win a fight when it's going to be one round of gas. So, like you said, yeah, if exactly. You take it. You take it. If it loses round one, so be it. But if, it if gets you remember two, the Ke- the Kennedy fight when we called the Kennedy to, to rock his world, I think Kennedy was a bigger uh, favorite after round one than he was going into the fight. Mm, I don't remember that. It's possible though. It, um, it's, it, it's a fact. I don't know about that. that your it memory. Is. Your memory is not that good. No, it's true. I'll pull, I'll pull up the logs. Um, next fight: women's. Uh, Strawweight division, Carolina Kovacavich, Diana Belbita. Odds for this one, Carolina minus 163, Belbita plus 143. You guys know me, notorious hater of women's mixed martial arts, but not Carolina Kovacavich fights, yo. I'm oh, sir. love Carolina. Uh, I'm going to just start it off, uh, even though it's not my turn. But we laying, we laying juice on Carolina here, guys. This is... This is something I've I've advised against for a long time. Carolina, no no juice on women's MMA. Every now and then, it's a good thing, and I think this is this is the the spot to do it. You got to pick and choose here. Um, Carolina to me is just better everywhere. Better distance, uh, clinch, and grappler. Certainly a better grappler. I mean, Belbita is a horrible grappler wrestler. Can't cut off her back really. And I think that Carolina comes in looking to hit takedowns here. I think she's going to look a massive favorite. If the fight stays standing on the feet, I don't love it for Carolina because Belbita is 10 inch or 10 years younger or older. Excuse me. Belbita uh, does, you know, throw out a lot of spammy volume strikes and she could win the fight if it stays a pure kickboxing match. But I trust Carolina to mix in the clinch, to mix in the takedown. She's been approaching her opponents uh, pretty uh, smart stylistically lately. Uh, you know exposing their weaknesses versus Gomez and Demopolis. And I think she's going to do so again. Oh, okay. uh, Herrig, you know, dominated that fight. I mean, Carolina went through a really rough patch where she was fighting the top level women and she was getting destroyed. She took, took a few year, a year or two away. She reinvented herself and she's honestly looked really good in her last three fights. I think she's covered her price tag and then some I've won on her in a lot of those fights and I'm going to do it again here. I'm going to lay the juice uncharacteristically on a women's MMA fight. And you know, Carolina is just uh, a total babe. One of the, one of the sexiest women in MMA Uh, shout out my boy, Joey Coco. Uh, And that's enough. Uh, What what, what are you thinking about this one? Splendid, splendid. So we're familiar with both these girls because I'll, I'll say that. I end up betting both of these girls' fights very often. So we won on Maria or uh, we won on uh, Belbita last time in her last fight. I think we both picked that. And I am on a, uh, I think on Carolina fights, I'm on a four or five win streak. So including her loss against Panay, which I called the shoes and get submitted. Since then, I've been riding this girl. And I was kind of on the fence with it, the age difference, this and that. I'm thinking about it. You know, some of the Carolina on the feet, sometimes I, I feel she, look, she looks a little slow with her hands. Um, and Belbita throws, but now nah, fuck that. 
because I was just thinking, I'm like, well, even if I do think that Belbita on the feet, maybe she could do stuff. She has, does she have power? I'm looking at her knockouts. Dude, if you look at any of the girls she knocked out, they're all girls with like no fights. They're like 0-3, 0-1, 0-5. She's only got a few of them. But her submission game is horrible. And the thing with Carolina is, I guess that Demopolis fight, obviously Demopolis, like her, her biggest strength was her ground game, right? But other than that, I think Carolina has had a, a career like, her trajectory has just changed. And she's like, wow, I could just grapple. Like I'm better grappling than all these girls. If I take the initiative, I have so much experience. I can do this. I can win. I have old woman strength. I have, you know, real woman strength. And I think she's going to be able to do that here. You know, potentially could the fight get close late, it could, but guess who's won fights late in her career? Freaking Carolina Kovacavich. You know, she, she knows she can mix up the game. And we always like having the girl with the superior ground game when uh you know when we're going into these women's fights especially when we got a woman's favorite you know when you know on the off chance that happens so i just feel on the feet carolina should be able to stay smart she keeps her hands up even when she starts getting clipped she'll throw the right strikes like i love you know i love when fighters make the right decision it's like a quarterback you know even if you don't have the best receivers you need to make the right decisions right we can't be throwing it into double cut we can't be doing none of that so Carolina, same thing. She gets hit sometimes. She'll reset. She'll get back to you know her game plan. She'll throw the right strikes. She'll mix in the kicks, and then she'll go for the takedown. And you'll hear your your hero. You you will hear Pahumpa say, "Carolina, I want you to do this." It's like a video game character. So I'm taking. I'm going. I'm running with Team Pahumpa. I'm going against Romanian Canadian MMA, and the price has slimmed down a little bit. I guess if you get like a maybe like a minus one fifty five in some places. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix the Carolina money line with a little bit of her decision line just to get that little added bonus. Because I do think that Balbita, even when she does get taken down, the girl will lock her legs around. She'll do that. You know, she 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 will try to get guard and stuff like that. So I, I think it's probably not easy for Carolina to submit her just because on the feet, they're going to start on the feet. And uh, maybe, you know, if she takes her down, if she takes her down a few minutes into the round, maybe not that much time to work. But I am in agreement. I think that Carolina, better overall MMA fighter, fair price here. I don't think uh, we're paying too much of a premium. Um, so let's go with the more well-rounded girl to pick up her fourth UFC win in a row, which is is really really awesome for Carolina. But remember, she was at the top of the division, uh, you know, earlier on. So obviously, it, this is at one twenty-five. This is one fifteen. One fifteen. One fifteen. Right. Okay. And if you're skeptical about betting Carolina, guys. I advise you to rewatch Belbita's most recent fight and then get back to me. So that's going to do it for that fight. We're moving on to the men's flyweight division. Nate Menes, Mateusz Mendoza. Uh, odds for this one have uh, Mendoza minus 258, Menes plus 218. What are you thinking here? Yeah, probably I would say, you know, I, I don't want to just just my least favorite fight on the card, just because one, this is at 125, correct? Right? We've confirmed that, right? Because yes. there is a little bit so 125. So Mendonca, um, I don't think he should probably be at 125, honestly. I don't know how he's gonna make it. I don't know how Name and Nuts makes it. So it's gonna pain me to see both of these guys fighting, honestly. But um just not that much information on uh on uh Mendonca. I think Mendonca's gonna look to grapple here, I think. Um, at some point, I think he's gonna go for a takedown here on on Nate. Maybe look to finish this on the ground. Um, I could be wrong though. What? What? I mean, obviously the 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 submission price is pretty good. Um, me saying that, I just don't really like his striking game. 
Like, I don't really think in terms of UFC, I don't really think that's giving him a lot of knockouts. And his knockout is at plus 125. So I think that, to me, crazy to me. I think much more likely that um, someone gets in his ear in his camp and is like, hey, let's take this guy down. Let's put him on his back and let's look for a submission. So I'm going to right now, I didn't even know that that line was that big, but I'm going to take some submission line on Mendonca. But I just think this fight's going to go under. That's it. So I think this fight's going to finish. Um, I think both guys are going to probably get after it. I think both guys are going to be depleted from the weight cut. Um, and I think they, you know, someone's getting finished here. So I don't hate Nate Maness. I, I actually don't hate um, his overall game. I just don't think the guy should be at 125. And I think that his grappling game is not the best if you push it. So I'm going to do a little stab on this uh, submission line on Mendonca, even though he did get grapple fucked in his last fight. When, when they zig, we zag. And, uh, and I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... Not not to disagree with the plus fourteen hundred because it's obviously a long shot stab. But, oh, it's fourteen hundred. Where? Uh, but oh, that's Manessa. Uh, yeah, you're right, seven hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the one thing, obviously, Manessa got caught versus uh, Tigir and got tapped out. But when he got taken down versus Umar, he he didn't try to get up. He like accepted defeat in that one. He he didn't risk any positions. Uh, so you know he might just go guard, and if he's getting out grappled, he might just try not to get submitted. Yeah, like but the the, the control, the control of Umar and this guy are wait. That's what I'm oh, saying. Like I just feel yeah. that these guys are like going to be like two fucking cats, and you know they're going to land in a grappling. I don't think this guy's going to dominate him uh, grappling wise, but I just feel like there's a submissions going to be on the table. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think Mendoza is any good. I think he's kind of a can crusher, right? He's only really won one fight in the past three years, and it was uh, 48 seconds. He really hasn't been very active. I don't think this guy is any good. I think he's kind of a vic- uh, you know, a contender series victim where they found some regional bum with a, a, a good record. He got a quick knockout, which we see time and time again. And I think Mendoza really stinks. So there's no way I would put any money on Mendoza. But Maness is also kind of a corpse at 125. He has looked way worse at 125 and also in all of his ufc fights he's got destroyed in the first round i mean uh munoz nearly finished him in round one sanders had gravely dropped him and beat him up in the first round umar and tagir took him down in round one so he's just a slow starter he takes a while to build in i would advise to just wait on on maness here and and look to live bet him but you know if anybody is is ballsy enough to take a stab on on uh, maness before the fight, I don't really knock it because I, I really do think Mendoza stinks uh, and should not be minus 250 versus anybody. So uh, that's enough about that one. I agree with Ozzy. Really, you know, mediocre, forgettable fight. Uh, and the, we're going to move along to the women's uh, strawweight division next. Kanako Murata taking on Vanessa Demopoulos. Odds for this one. Murata minus 325. Demopoulos plus 275. Murata coming off a two-year layoff. Two years and four months. Also broke her arm in that Jandra Doba fight. So long layoff. And all coming off an injury. Didn't even think Murata was that great to begin with, but obviously she's a, a decent grappler, can hit some takedowns, uh, and you know, has a submission threat as well. So I just think that her being minus 300, considering the layoff, considering the injury, uh, there's no way you could play Murata minus 300. So it's Demopolis or pass, but Demopolis's takedown defense is not good. Her her bottom game is not good. She's probably going to be like an arm bar or bust or something here. Or maybe Murata gasses out or something. I don't know. It, it, this is a pass for me. Uh, just totally, totally forgettable fight. Don't think there's anything, any angles to be bet here. What about you? You see any odds you like? 
Um, this is an odd fight. I just, I really didn't see it coming. Um, you know, it's funny that uh, Demopolis loves going for the arm burst in the bottom and stuff like that. And um, this girl broke her arm in her last fight, so you're like, well, it's an interesting matchup there. Um, but I, I mean, Murata, she, her, her top game looks legit. I mean, when she gets takedowns, like, I like how she moves on the mat. She's a very good mat wrestler, so I feel that some of those uh, weird positions that um, Demopolis puts some girls in, like that's those stupid fucking reverse triangles and all those things. I feel like Murata probably getting in on the legs should probably be safe from that. Um, but you never know with the women. Um, you know, this is just like a weird for for a female fight. This is a, in my opinion, a weird stylistic matchup that I don't really glean too much from, other than probably Murata cannot finish. Um. Demopolis, but so so maybe so the goes I'm looking at goes the distance is minus two thirty so I don't know I don't know what the deal is with that but um I mean I could see this fight being played um GTD or over I mean I feel like the over is actually the next fight is four hundred minus four hundred and this one's only two seventy five so or not the next fight the next female fight though um and that just feels a little wrong to me but. Probably, I'm not. This is a past fight for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of reminds me of the fight from last card, anyway, versus Goldie. Obviously, one woman was way better. But if you look at the judges' scorecards, there, guys, one judge gave uh, Goldie every single round. So even though anyway was better, even though she was minus 300, the rounds were close and boring enough that the judges actually disagreed on all three rounds. So just keep that in mind here. Uh, if you're, if but the you're, thing if, is, I feel that freaking, uh, Murata's going to be like, Demopolis will go to the bottom position at some point. Yeah. It'll be harder for that. Something like that to happen, but a uh, point taken for sure. Like I said, Demopolis seems arm bar or gas out relying. I don't see her winning any other way, but, uh, enough about that one. Uh, next fight is in the men's bandweight division. Johnny Munoz jr. Taking on Olichi Lang. Or as some will call him, Aori. Uh, pick him fight here, minus one ten on both sides. Your turn to start this one off. The Mongolian murderer. He's back. Uh, we got him last time with with, with Eamon Zahabi. Um, got that knockout. That was that was a nice underdog cash there. And now they're giving him a grappler here, Johnny Munoz. I've been a fan of Johnny Munoz. I've known him. I've been a, a familiar with him for a long time, over ten years now. Um, back when he was uh, only jujitsu. And funny enough, Sean Strickland actually started training at. Johnny Munoz's family's gym sequence uh, jiu-jitsu way back in the day. So that's very intriguing. Very different fighters, obviously. But Munoz does have that, that little Sean Strickland boxing style a little bit. You know, the poorest, poor man's version of it. Um, here, he needs to grapple. He needs to get these takedowns. He needs to finish. Uh, Ayori, I think, at a, after he does that. Um, you know, his last fight was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. I was so disappointed. In it. I didn't bet on I don't think I bet on him that, in that one. But it was just a buzzkill. I just thought that fight was going to be more competitive, more interesting, see more of his skills. You know, the guy's got, he's got a little bit of a kicking game. He just doesn't throw with intent. And that's like the biggest thing that I would, you know, advise when, you know, talking to some of these fighters and stuff like that. I remember one of my coaches one time, you know, we were, a lot of the guys were having a hard time, like really landing punches. And they're like, hey, if I gave you a knife and you threw that punch, it's like you wouldn't even hurt that guy. And that's how I feel about Johnny Munoz's striking, dude. He a lot of the punches that he he throws are like he's trying to throw play patty cake with the guy, and that doesn't cut it, dude. At the highest level, against a guy like Iori, who he's looking to counter, 
he's looking to, to to bait you to throw shots and then he's gonna uncork very very uh hard punches right back at you now that gives opportunity for takedowns obviously and Munoz you know he he should have the uh repertoire of you know shooting these takedowns slipping over to like similar to like Grand Dawson Aljamain Sterling like he should be in that kind of mold of fighter but for some reason the guy does not show up a hundred percent when he has uh difficult opposition in front of him so I think Pickham is probably fair. Either way, if Munoz wins, it's probably like it looks like it's like a very hindsight, like huge favorite. Like, oh, Iori, he's he's an idiot. He doesn't know how to grapple at all and stuff like that. So I'm looking at this submission line, and it's you know a close to 300, you know, some somewhere around there. And I just feel like ah, like if he's gonna win, man, he's gonna have to be really close to submitting this dude Iori at least once or twice. So I think I kind of want to play that a little bit for a little stab on him because I am I do like Munoz's skills. I do think he trains in a good camp. I do think that he puts in the time. I do think his conditioning is is better than he. I think he's just better overall than he's shown in any of his walks to the cage. So I kind of want to buy still in on him, even though that the you know the even at the pick of line. But I'm gonna mull it over a little bit more. No, I mean, I, I got to side with Aori here. Just, I mean, you brought up a good points. I mean, Munoz just doesn't seem like he has that dog in him. Not saying that Aori necessarily does, but um, the one fight I'm looking at here is the, the Cody Durden fight. Aori, that was down at 125 for him. Uh, he mm. got taken That was there. a head-to-head. That was a head-to-head between us. That was. And I had a minus EV pick. I mean, I think long-term, obviously, Durden is, yeah, is yeah, better. Yeah. But, right. um, I mean, I think looking at that fight, obviously, Durden's a better uh, grappler, wrestler, fighter than Johnny Munoz. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. a definite. And, yep. you know, he still – there were still close moments of that fight. It was one round apiece. I think even the third round might have been like a split round. And, you know, I think Aori overall did well in that fight. Not a guy who comes from a wrestling background, definitely a striker, but I think he did well uh, defending some takedowns, getting up, just making it a dogfight. And, you know, at 135, though, his cardio hasn't looked so good. I mean, at 125, he slowed down. At 135, he slowed down big time versus Jay Perrin, you know, easily outboxed Perrin in the first and second round there, was stinging him with punches. The third round, he was gassed out, getting out wrestling. And, and Jay Perrin is horrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's bad, but... um. I mean, Johnny Munoz, I'm just not so He has no good skills. Jay Perrin has no good skills. I think he's resilient. I'll say that about him. You know, remember Mario okay. Bautista showed up on short notice. He, made he, that. He's from the Northeast. He, he New England, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's mm. resilient. Mickey Ward, know. Mickey Ward. No, you know, you know, though, us, us, some people in the tri-state area, they don't, they don't fuck with the, the New Englanders too heavy, especially if you're from, right. you're from New York, you know? Um, so... Man, I I don't know. I'm leaning Aori here. That's what I'll say. I think Aori. I mean, Aori has way more fights than him too. Like he, way more, he's just way, he more just da- way more damage. That's what I'm thinking here. Is obviously yeah. Munoz could take the take him down and out grapple him. But I mean, I think he's gonna have to submit him. I just don't see. I don't see him winning two rounds clearly from Aori out wrestling him. And Aori, there's no doubt about it that the guy more likely to land more damage and to land a knockout on the feet or to hurt somebody on the feet in this fight is Aori. So this is a uh, bootleg version of Mitchell versus Ige. Yeah, just like ten ten the, levels below. Ten uh, deviations <laughs> below that. Yeah. Um, we're moving on to the last fight on the card. For us, it's the last fight. It's actually the first fight on the card. It's a women's fight. It's a flyweight fight. It's Montana De La Rosa taking on J.J. Aldridge. J.J. Aldridge coming in here on a bit short notice. 
but she's had uh, at least several weeks to prepare for the fight. MDLR minus 140, taking on JJ plus 120. And I got to bet here. Uh, haven't bet it yet, but I'm going to bet it for sure. JJ Aldrich money line. I'm excited about this one, boys. Uh, you know, I, I personally feel that JJ is the much better striker. Obviously, it's women's MMA. It's low level. And the the minutes, the better striker isn't going to be a definite thing here. But I'm pretty confident that JJ is the better striker of the two. And when the fight is at distance kickboxing, I think it's going to favor JJ Aldridge. MDLR is obviously going to be looking to take the fight to the floor. But JJ ha- prepares for grapplers all the time. I don't think she's uh, an amazing defensive wrestler. But I think she's capable. I think she's capable of stuffing takedowns. Understands underhooks. Understands uh, basic wrestling pretty well. And we, we've seen that versus... Uh, Blanchfield we saw versus uh Jillian Robertson and I think um you know basically what I saw with her stuff and takedowns in those fights is enough for me to take her here uh I just don't think that Montana has good drive in her takedown she gets her hands clasped behind or she goes for a takedown she gets you backed up to the cage she just doesn't have any physicality to get the fight to the floor and JJ is actually a pretty big woman for the weight class I don't I think she's actually you know sneaky strong she's got that farm strength about her I mean you know you stick in the hips Exactly. Uh, she's just a, she's got a wide body, a wide back. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say is, guys, take a look at their Instagrams. But between the two of them, uh, just tell me which Instagram looks like the more dedicated fighter. Who is training with more fellow women's MMA fighters, pro fighters? Who is spending le- less time with their family? Who is uglier? It's JJ Aldrich. And I'm siding with her for that reason at plus money here for a one unit bet. Love JJ here. Ooh. Man, that was a hell of a, that was a hell, what you were speaking about the top Martian, you just, you know, put, put across right there with the, you know, listen, I'm going to just tell you how it is, who I'm betting and that's it. And that was great. And obviously it's important to me because the first fight, yeah, exactly. It's important. That's what I was just about to get to. It's very important for me because I'm obviously committed to the bit of I'm betting the first fight of every card from now on every fight, prelim fight, the first prelim fight, every card. And this so far has been the toughest one yet for me to decide on because early on, you know, Montana was the underdog. And I think Montana's underdog is a very good bet because what did we say earlier? The woman with the better grappling and the women's MMA fights. We want that. We like that. But then, you know, you're looking at Montana and sometimes like she doesn't land the takedowns with too much oomph on them. And, uh, but I do think that she's a better grappler. I do think she's a better grappler. I do think that JJ sometimes a little bit wilty. I do think that JJ could be taken advantage of in late, later in the fight. Like, I don't think, you know, even though, you know, um, both these, like, I don't think JJ necessarily has an advantage in the third. Who, who do you think is more likely to win a third round? It's kind of a coin flip, right? You wouldn't say I one agree. over the other. It's not I one the, over the other, which is kind of the angle that I u- usually like to take where I'm like, ah, okay, I feel good about like how people were sure that, like I was sure that Muhammad Uzman was going to win the third round against Jay Collier. So I didn't want to bet on Jay Collier. So same kind of thing here. I don't really think JJ is necessarily going to win this third round. So I don't really want to bet JJ that much. But I really don't want to lay juice on Montana De La Rosa because, you know, if JJ, a ginger, you know, stifles her takedown attempts, you know, I'm going to feel very, very dumb. And, you know, Montana has been out since, or she had the Tatiana fight. It felt like the Tatiana fight, honestly, like, she probably, like, I don't that even think she count. was that serious. Yeah, but I don't even think she was that serious about that fight. You know what I'm saying? Definitely so, count. so you know, I'm not too sure about this fight. But I might, you know what, Martian? I was thinking about 
betting the uh goes to the or the uh Montana by decision. But your conviction is sold me. So I'm taking JJ Aldrich plus 120. Mm. It's getting bigger. The 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 the, the price is bigger. When it was 105, 110, I was like, ah, like I, I really don't want to do this. But we're getting to plus 120. Um, I'll take JJ Aldrich with you. Not my most, not a convicted take, but I just feel that even though I do, Montana does have the better grappling. Look at the prices. Like they're not really thinking that she, thinking that she's going to submit JJ. So hopefully JJ doesn't well keeps control of the, the 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 fight. I think these girl, girls have trained together. I do think that JJ has probably a little bit maybe better cardio because she's training in Denver. So we'll go with JJ. All right, March. And this one's on you, though. I'll tell you. And, and if you're thinking of betting JJ by decision, because obviously that's most likely outcome for her to win. Don't. Yes, bro, her money no. line is plus 120. Why would you take decision plus 140? That's not even like not, worth yeah, considering. Yeah, definitely not. No, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, Great. same with M- same with MDLR. I-, I mean, I know decision seems like the best, but just just take the money line. I don't know, dude. Plus one thirty decision or minus one forty money line. I don't know about that. Well, that's good because th- this is gonna take us to the FMK segment, and right off the bat, Ozzy, I'm a I'm a I'm gonna give you. Th- I I pick three lines that are all really similar in price. I like I like either picking lines that are correlated in in philosophy or in price and this these ones are price they have nothing to do philosophy wise um, anyway first one is the line we we're just talking about mdlr decision plus 130 next line mm-hmm. a money line felipe lynn's money line plus 130 and then another line i mentioned a very obscure line not dober itd plus 140 not dober inside this and plus 140 okay so from the plus 140 wow okay um yeah so i'm gonna take ah these are tough these are tough these are tough so i'm going to marry i'm gonna fuck the dober not inside the distance and you know why because that's i'm i'm fucking that one and that's gonna be a sweat that's gonna be a great sweat i'm gonna be rooting for ricky glenn to he he don't really move his head too much but i'm gonna be just preaching for defense okay i'm gonna marry Phil Lins, you see Phil Lins, you see mm. that typology, you see him at weigh-ins, bro? Phil Lins, that's Phil Lins. So Phil Lins, uh, yeah, that that's my one of my favorite bets on the, uh, on the uh, fight card. And then I'm going to have to kill the sweet Montana De La Rosa. She's married to Mark De La Rosa, who I'm not a fan of, so they could both get the boot. All you, right? would beat him, you would beat him in a fight, though, just letting you know. Oh, e- easily, I submit that dude, bro. Are you kidding me? Um, so now Martian, I'm gonna come back to you with, with a few, I don't really think about them as much as you do, but let's go with them. So we'll go Joaquin Buckley minus 175. Okay. On the money line, Carolina Kovalkiewicz minus 163 on the money line. And we'll mix in a little prop, a little, uh, total. And we'll go with, uh, the over two and a half in Algeo versus Hernandez. What's the price on that? Minus one twenty-five. Okay. All right. I think right off the bat, I got to kill the one you just mentioned, the Algier Hernandez. I think it's just going to be. It has potential to be too highly paced of a fight for me to like the over. Um, it could look like a staring contest, like I said, but I'm I'm gonna kill that one. Um, Mary, on principle, got to go Carolina Kovacavich. 
Yes. Sorry to my man Joseph out there. He's going to be jealous about that one. But I'm marrying KK just so I could say that I did it. And you want to share? You want to share her with with Coco? Oh well, oh, yeah. We're we'll spit roaster. Um. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, and then that leads me to fuck fuck the buck fuck well, yes. Joaquin Buckley. Um, because I'm I'm semi interested in, in in the buck, so I'm a, I'm gonna give a slight fuck to the buck. I'm a marry KK and I'm a kill. Uh, I'm a kill Algio Hernandez over two and a half because it's probably gonna I be Bill Algio finishing him under two and a half. I love those choices. I mean, if you saw Buck at Media Day, nobody would blame you for wanting to f- for fucking that for wanting to fuck. So awesome, great. Uh, so let's see how that. we do. Yeah, have to look into that. Um, and then the Bellator 300 is this weekend. You wouldn't know. Be- Wait, is that this weekend? Yeah, that's oh, this yeah, weekend. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, if you look at that card, top to bottom, fellas, just absolutely dreadful shit. I mean, that promotion is in is in deep, deep shit. Which ones uh, are the title fights? Is uh, Carmouche? Ali Malay. And then they got Cyborg and Katzingano, right? And then they got Usman and then Primus. Listen, you know what I want to say is that I'll say two things, though. Primus impressed me in his last fight. That last fight against uh, Mansour was freaking epic. It was great. And anytime Usman Nurmagomedov is fighting, I'm tuned in. So that's all I will say about that. Uh, all I'll say about the Bellator card is the best fighter on the card, top to bottom, is the Hawaiian Kai Kamaka, my motherfucking dog. And he's probably going to win his fight via decision. Uh, so mm. that is going to do it for us with this one we obviously lost the, the the best fight on that car the big swarm versus ryan bader uh ozzy's not going to be over that mm, for yeah. a long time was, so don't even, don't upset. even mention it um <laughs> that'll do it for this one we had a week off we're back we're back in the swing of things q4 last three months of the uh, of the year we got who's the main 10. event next week What's the main event uh sadiq youssef and edson oh uh, yes uh, all right Anger. good card next Anger. week let's do it Good card we'll be back. I like that one. Well, all right, we'll be back, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed the fights. Win some bets this weekend. We will see you all before the next UFC event next week. Peace out, everyone. Peace.